podcast, everybody. I'm Melissa Bonzak, and welcome to episode 49 of Books Cubed, the show where I chat with the indie authors that you should be reading. It is Thursday, December 5th, 2017. Oh my God. No, it isn't. It's 2019. <laughs> okay, I've been sick. So uh, I, m- I missed last week because I was coughing so much, I could not record my show. So, but anyway, I'm here I am. <laughs> I'm alive, sort of. And uh, the books came in. If you listened two weeks ago, we had three authors on. I had my co-author, Lisa Mahoney, on with me. And we had three authors on uh, doing writing prompts. We have a new series, Lisa and I, called Roller Prompt Writing Journals. And these are really cool. They have you roll dice to get writing prompts. And there's over 6,000 combinations in each book. And um, uh, there's pages to... Uh, write on inside so you can use it as a journal and uh, like if you write uh, flash fiction uh, it's usually around what one to three hundred words and you have just enough room that you could write a whole story on each one of these pages so uh, I think there's 150 uh, total um, pages empty pages in there to write and you can carry it around just like a journal and we've got the uh, each cover has a um, different color and a different genre. We've got mystery and horror and sci-fi and romance and fantasy and a genre mashup. So uh, those books are in. I'm really excited because we were waiting for them. Uh, They took a little longer to arrive than I thought they would. So um, this week on the show, uh, I have got um, chapter seven of the audiobook for my novel, How to Sex Your Snake. And if you want to uh, go back and listen to chapters one through six, uh, you could stop this and go back and I will put in the show notes uh, what episodes that you need to go to to hear those. Because uh, offhand, I have no clue. Uh, but if you just want to keep listening, you can listen to chapter seven and maybe you want to go back and listen and then to get the whole book with all the chapters, you need to click on the link in the show notes and that will take you to where the audiobook is sold. And uh, I think it's in a lot of places. Um, so, uh, oh, and also um, if you listen to episode 46, that was uh, three, four weeks ago, uh, John Patton was on talking about his series, his Titus series. And uh, we talked about his first novel, Miami Burn, and it is now out in audiobook. So I was really excited to hear that. And if you are not a member of Audible, put a, put a note in the, leave a comment and let us know if you are not a member of Audible and I will draw a name and give you a, um, a code and you can get like 30 days free and you can get his book free. And if you don't want to continue with Audible, you can just cancel. Don't forget. Uh, make sure you mark in your calendar because I've done that before where I've done, um, you know, 30 days free and then like three years later gone. Uh Oh, I don't know if I ever canceled that. <laughs> so it's always good to make um, little comments in your calendars and, you know, with Google calendar and all that uh, Gmail and stuff, uh, you can find your calendar pretty much anywhere and it will remind you about things, which is really good. Okay. So uh, before I start coughing, I'm going to go ahead and get right to uh, the chapter today. It is read by Rosie Zvidek, who does a great job 
as the voice of June Nash. And um, have a listen. I hope you enjoy it. And I will see you after. Chapter 7 It was a little before nine when I pulled up to the sheriff's station. I parked beside a faded old school bus that was hogging most of the spots and then jogged across the street and down one block to Millsy's. Between the clinic and the snake, I'd killed more time than I'd intended. If Mom was at all irked about my disappearing act, it would be best to show up with reinforcements, which in her case was a bottle of watermelon water and a double order of Alvaro's extremely disgusting pukin pickle poppers. Mm, think jalapeno poppers, but with tequila-soaked dill pickles and wasabi. My mom certainly had an iron stomach, because these babies were guaranteed to ensure the same results as an afternoon of snake hunting with H.A.H. I'd been about 90 minutes, so chances were really good that Warren had figured out what he needed to figure out, and Mom and Dewey were long gone. Myra would give me the all-clear, and I could still get home in time to be one drink away from passing out in the hot tub before midnight. Tomorrow I'd think about what might have happened to Morgan. Until then, everything just had to be about Dewey. I pulled open the heavy wooden door of the sheriff's office, expecting to see Myra lean back in her chair, cock an eyebrow, and comment about my swim with Moby Dick. Instead, I waded into a sea of noisy chaos decked out in studded black leather and silver chains. The waiting area for the Horseshoe Bend Sheriff's Department was jam-packed with metalheads in varying degrees of injury. Black eyes, split lips, slinged arms. From the look of things, it had been a colossal fight, which explained the bus. Beyond reception, the bloodier individuals were scattered around the four squad room desks where two deputies were trying to get statements and another two were trying to stop an argument without bashing in heads. If Dewey was in a holding cell and any of these people joined him, our little secret was over. When my brother was nervous, he got chatty, and I could see him walking someone through the afternoon's events. Warren had promised to be discreet, but I needed Myra to tell me that if Dewey wasn't long gone, he was at least somewhere out of sight. I gave half a thought to slipping around through the back door, but that involved getting past a keypad that I knew Warren changed on a regular basis, so I pushed on ahead. When I'd finally woven my way to the reception desk, the face that popped up from behind Myra's computer wasn't Myra. She might have been my age, but it was hard to tell. Heavy black liner circled her eyes, and a diamond-shaped burst of blue in her jet-black hair matched her lips. The rest of her outfit mimicked the crowd, though she was the only one in the room who appeared to be blood-free. Hang on! She raised a hand covered in heavy silver rings, and turned her attention back to the phone cradled on her shoulder. None of the deputies seemed to care that she was in Myra's chair or that she had Myra's reading glasses propped on her nose. I squinted my eyes to make sure she wasn't really Myra in disguise. Lines back there. A metalhead leaned into my personal space and jerked a thumb at the crowd behind us. I considered ignoring him and simply climbing over the little swinging gate that separated reception from the deputies, but after my run-in with the snake, I wasn't sure my knees would cooperate. Since there was no way I was waiting in line, I lifted a bag of poppers and the guy's nostrils did a little dance. Trade you, I offered. The grumbler didn't wait to be asked twice, and I felt a pang of regret as I watched Mom's peace offering disappear into the crowd. 
With a sigh, I turned back to fake Myra. Unless there's an outstanding warrant, Chief's orders are to turn him loose. She grabbed a pen and paper. How do you spell that? The grumbler reappeared. His mouth was too full to ask, so he just pointed at the watermelon water that I'd set on the counter. I shrugged. It wouldn't be the same by itself. He grinned and then melted back into the crowd. I turned back as fake Myra rolled the desk chair over to the message cubbies and slid a note into one of the slots. Where's Myra? I asked when she'd returned. She leaned back in her chair, wiggled a finger at my head, and delivered a spot-on imitation of the station's receptionist. I'm loving what's going on there! I'd never had anyone compliment my hair before, much less the real Myra. How much stranger could this day get? Hang on! Fake Myra held up a hand and then dove into an oversized satchel that was hanging from the back of the chair. She dug around for a bit and then took my hands and slipped something between them. That one's still in the testing phase. Let me know what you think. I looked down at my cupped palms and realized I was cradling one of those little bottles of booze that cost ten bucks from the hotel minibar. This one had no label and was filled with a clear liquid. As I turned it over in my hands, I thought I heard her say something about radishes. When I looked up, she was back on the phone. Horseshoe Bend Sheriff Station. Really? It'll probably just fly away if you leave it. After a long pause, she choked back a laugh and held the phone to her chest. There's some kind of bird in her yard and it keeps screaming, I'm so screwed, I'm so screwed, at the top of its lungs. Apparently she's afraid this will scar her innocent grandchildren. She scoffed and rolled her eyes. I can hear the little thugs in the background playing Grand Theft Auto. Well, that sounded more like Myra. She put the phone back to her ear. Yep, if I had kids and they heard that, let me give you the number for animal control. She cradled the phone again and spun Myra's Rolodex. As entertaining as my new friend fake Myra was, I could see that standing here was going to get me nowhere. I dropped the bottle into my purse, wove back through the crowd, and took the stairs to the second floor. Most of the government offices for Horseshoe Bend had been housed in the upper levels of the building since a fire gutted the city hall in the early 90s. There'd been plans to rebuild, but over time everybody had decided that this was just easier. As I passed the darkened animal control office, I could hear a phone ring. At the end of the corridor, I took the stairs back down to the first floor and emerged into the dimly lit alcove. I turned away from the exit to the street and considered the forest green door with the words Authorized Personnel Only stenciled across the center in red block letters. I stepped up to the keypad I needed to get past. As kids, Dewey and I had spent plenty of time wandering these halls whenever Mom worked a double shift and her coffee buddy was playing babysitter, so I knew that the old sheriff changed the six-digit passcode once a week. If Warren had kept up that tradition, that was a lot of numbers to memorize. Chances were good that he was like everybody else in the world and just had a few favorites that he rotated regularly. Maybe some would even be from the old days. All I had to do was start typing in combinations that I remembered, and if I was lucky, I'd eventually hit on the right one. My index finger hovered over the keypad, and I glanced up at the video camera positioned near the ceiling. Did an alarm go off if you were wrong too many times? I curled my left hand into a fist and knocked. It took about five minutes of pounding on the door before Myra appeared. 
Smart girl coming this way. It's crazy in reception. I squinted just to make sure it was really her. It was. What's going on? I asked. La leche celestial. You should have been here for the hoedown. It's short of impossible to book drunks when they won't stop line dancing. I had no idea what Lelici whatever was, but she didn't give me a chance to ask. Would you get in here, June, before someone sees you? I didn't tell her about my first stop at reception. It was nice being the smart one for a change. Okay, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed that, you can go back and listen to chapters one through six if you didn't do that first. And uh, if you want more, I will have a link in the show notes where you can buy the Audible book for How to Sex Your Snake. And um, the sequel will be out soon. I really am um, nearing an end for it. I'm, uh, I am really, I am. Uh, it's just a few chapters left and it's a first draft of, of everything. So um, it will be soon. It will be soon. And so uh, go ahead and um, leave a comment if you enjoyed today's show. If you know a book that I should read, please let me know. Even if it's yours, go ahead and leave me a comment and uh, I will get to those. If you are listening on the podcast, you want to go down to the show notes and click the link for the homepage for Books Cubed. And if you're on um, YouTube watching on the video, then uh, you know what to do and I'll find it. So um, I will see you next time. I have got an interview for next week with uh, Kayla, who was on two weeks ago on the Running Prompt show on, for, it was uh, episode 48. And uh, she writes romance. We're going to be chatting about her books. And we'll find out if she wrote any more uh, for that writing prompt that she did last week, because she said, or two weeks ago, because she said uh, it was a pretty good start and she was kind of excited about that. So we'll see if anything more has come of that. And um, in the meantime, go read a good book. Mm-hmm.